0: You're listening to Audio Interference, produced by Interference Archive. Interference Archive is a social space, exhibition venue, and OpenStacks archive of social movement material. Our work is rooted in the belief that our shared histories should be held in common and accessible to all. In this episode, we're talking with the curator of our current exhibition, Hi-Viz, Australian Political Posters, 1979 to 2019. My name is Alison Alder. I'm a screen printing artist from Canberra, Australia. Since the 1980s, Alison has made art dealing with some of Australia's most important political and social issues. She's known for her work within Indigenous organizations in the Northern Territory. And as a member of print collectives like Megalo, and Redback Graphics, where she was co-director from 1985 to 1993. She is currently head of the Print Media and Drawing Workshop at the Australian National University School of Art. But her entry into art began with political posters and with the anarchist community in Sydney. The
1: art world at the time in Australia was almost totally male, The gallery system was pretty well closed off to women. I remember a colleague of mine who's probably about 10 years older than me saying that when she went to art school in the 1970s, the major collecting institutions like the state galleries would have no women representation whatsoever. I just thought I didn't want to work in that system. I mean, for one, it was closed to me and two, I thought it was totally boring and really dull and why would I want to be a part of it so in Australia at that time which is the late 1970s early 1980s there were some pretty amazing screen printing poster workshops operating and they were sort of either anarchist or feminist some sort of left agenda I was pretty young so I didn't have much activism prior to that but I had been involved in feminism and some unionism I did go to art school in Australia and there I met some people who were very involved in political poster making which started my interest in posters. There was quite an active bookshop in Sydney called Jura Books which was an anarchist bookshop and one of my friends at art school used to go there quite regularly and bring back these amazing posters and they were just the most amazing pieces of work and also really informative about political issues at the time. There was a lot of stuff about feminism, but also a lot of stuff about uh, land rights for Aboriginal Australians and those issues that the country was facing. And so that's how I got involved. I think one of my first commissioned works was a poster for the Women Against Rape group who were protesting. We have in Australia a Anzac Day, which sort of celebrates a great defeat in the First World War, and the Women Against Rape decided that they were going to hold marches to highlight the
0: issue of women
1: used as collateral damage in war. That was one of my first posters that I produced for that group.
0: I met with Alison at Interference Archive, where she showed me some posters she wanted to donate. So the work that we're looking at at the moment is called
1: Get Out, Moving to a New Home. And I became involved with a gallery and a group of people in Sydney who were trying to protect their homes from gentrification. It's a public housing area, which is, if people don't know Sydney, it's right under the Harbour Bridge and right across the Circular Quay from the Sydney Opera House. It's got two tranches of housing, one which was from the maritime workers dating back to decades ago and another amazing brutalist building that was built in the 1970s specifically for aged people and people with special needs. This print is um, actually taken from one of the letters that one of the residents received and I had been speaking to her and... I just tried to make this letter from what she would see when she was reading it, like what she would think. So it says, you know, get out. Which The letter actually doesn't say get out. It says moving to a new home. I want to assure you that we will help you to, and it actually says relocate, but I've said to get out. I worked on the get out housing campaign with the community, met the women who were campaigning, Distributed the posters to them. They put them up in their homes on the front windows. Sadly, um, we didn't win that campaign. So the local government, the state government, is now selling off all those homes as well as this um, amazing building called the Sirius. So the Sirius building, which was this remarkable building which everybody wanted to save, for a variety of reasons, because it's fantastic public housing, because it's an amazing architectural example of brutalism. Sadly, that's on the market now, if you'd like to buy it. okay, I'll look into it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's only a few million dollars.
0: (laughs) Throughout her career, Alison's work returned to the same themes. Indigenous rights, resistance to the nuclear industry, labour and feminism. This
1: next one is called the Future Feminist Archive and it was part of a project that I worked on again with a, a group of people in a gallery who were accessing archives that aren't sort of normally in the public domain or aren't known to the public, primarily women's archives. So in 1984 I actually worked with this group called the kembler and Coke Women's Auxiliary which is a miners. A wing of the miners union I made a poster for them back then so I went back all these years later and looked at their archives which are, in, are now held at a university and looked at the amazing activism that these women undertook from about the early 1930s and they worked with amazing issues like it's a real roll call of issues facing Australia over those decades the images on the poster are logos from some of the correspondents that I found in their archives. So there's logos from Russia, from the Communist Party of Australia, their own logo, International Women's Day.
0: While there are no nuclear power stations in Australia, the country is the world's third largest producer of uranium. And it has a long tradition of anti-nuclear activism. I lived in the Northern Territory, which is obviously north of Australia,
1: in the centre, and people might be aware of Uluru or Ayers Rock. I worked with Indigenous women there at an art centre. And land rights has always been a really big issue for Indigenous Australians. And this particular group that lived just about 200 kilometres north of where I lived in the Northern Territory, had got their land claim approved after years and years of struggle earlier on this century and then the federal government of australia the commonwealth government decided that it would be a fantastic site to store nuclear waste and offered this group you know millions of dollars but you know their land would be closed to them basically for the next however long it takes to store nuclear waste It's a lifespan, you know, 250,000 years or something. I got involved in a campaign with these women, these Aboriginal women, these very strong women. Diane Stokes is an amazing woman uh, on this anti-nuclear campaign to stop this waste dump being put on their land. And that set me to thinking about all the issues that Indigenous Australians have faced with the nuclear mining of uranium, testing of atomic bombs by the British in 1958, for example. So I made a whole series of posters that are sort of a bit like magazine titles of all the different things that had happened with the nuclear industry and its impact on Indigenous Australians. And the reason I made the posters was I had an exhibition at the same time that our Senate was sitting to debate this nuclear thing, but I also distributed the print's in the Northern Territory where these issues were happening to show people that, you know, other people cared, that we do, do care about what happens in remote Australia, not just in the city.
0: And so what was the
1: outcome? The outcome was we won. <laughs> so, that, But it's ongoing because it just means that then they try and find a spot in some, somebody else's land, invariably Indigenous land. But anyway, we did win that case. Yeah, so that was really great. Yeah, so that's a win.
0: (laughs) Well, you said the design was based on magazine covers.
1: So this actually is a magazine cover from a brochure that the Australian government produced in 1970, the Householder's Handbook for Nuclear Warfare, where obviously Australia must have thought that they were going to get hit by somebody from somewhere. The whole little brochure is full of these happy people with their spades and their ladders and their baskets of shopping, as if that's going to help when you have a new (laughs) nuclear attack. So this is from a photograph from 1960 at the site where the nuclear bombs were set off by the British, who were doing their atomic bomb testing in Australia, and Aboriginal people described that event as a black mist coming over the country and in fact this new nuclear cloud did come over the whole of South East Australia like it hit the major metropolitan cities as well but nobody knew about it, of course. But anyway, this image is, uh, is of this small town in outback South Australia that was directly hit by this black mist with an image of an Aboriginal woman walk- walking with her child. Uh, this one is from the Ranger uranium mine, which is still operating in the Northern Territory, which is a uranium mine, which consistently has tailing dam spills, which impact on the community there. They have been a really amazing activists, that group of people, and have had some quite considerable success.
0: But nevertheless, the mine's still there. vis is on display at Interference Archive through April 14th. The posters in the exhibition all come from Alison's personal collection, and they represent a cross-section of Australian activism over the past four decades.
1: Australia does have a really strong history of screen printing collectives, especially in the 1980s. Most cities had at least one, if not half a dozen, screen printing collectives, some of which became very well known and actually their work now describes the concerns of a whole generation of people during that time so one of the other workshops that I worked in from about 1984 to 1994 was called Redback Graphics that was a very well-known poster making workshop that worked strongly with the labor movement and also did sort of feminist indigenous work as well And really amazing screen prints, actually, that are now sort of held up as examples of a different way of making work outside of the gallery system, but equally as valid, if not more important, in my opinion, because it shows a broad cross-section of the Australian society, their concerns and what they were thinking about. So one of the most famous posters is called, If the Unemployed Are Doll Bludgers, What the Fuck Are the Idle Rich?, And so that legacy, I think, has kept going with Redback. And so there's quite a few artists working in Australia now who make really fantastic posters. They're not necessarily members of a collective, but they're still pasting up on the street and still getting their work out there.
0: There's a long tradition of political printmaking in Australia. Can you talk about maybe how that has evolved since the 70s or 80s or how you've seen it change? Well, it was really
1: big in the 70s and the 1980s up until probably the early 90s, maybe mid-90s. After that, screen printing materials started to become very expensive and offset printing started to become cheaper and also digital printing started to come in My students do love screen printing and it also is, it is pretty quick and affordable now I think. If you want to dash off a one colour or two colour screen printed poster, it's actually not that hard and it's quite cheap. It's cheaper, it's sort of gone back I think to being cheaper than digital. My students or the people that I work with now, they enjoy the labour involved with it. It sort of shows a degree of care or investment or something in the act of making, which I think has become important as well. I really agree with that, that, that act of making with a group of people together. You know, you've got people preparing screens and printing and racking and stacking. It's a really nice collective experience, which I think people are enjoying coming back to.
0: You've been listening to Audio Interference, produced by Interference Archive. To learn more about this podcast and other programs at Interference Archive, visit us at www.interferencearchive.org.